Hey mamas, have you ever wanted to earn while your children learn? With the Roam game, you could do just that. Roam provides innovative, ad-free learning games for kids in all iOS and Android devices, and it gets better. Each time your child meets a learning objective, you will receive discounts to use in Yolti's software online marketplace. Yes, you heard that right. You can shop awesome products for your household at discounted rates while your child has fun meeting important learning objectives on Roam. Mimosas with Moms listeners can use code MIMOSA40 to shop all Yalti software products at 40% off. Visit the shop section at yaltisoft.com and use your discount at any of their 12 stores. Yalti Software's growing marketplace features amazing household products, decor, kids' clothing, and more. Download Rome for free today. All the links are in the description of this podcast. And let's get started with today's episode. Welcome back to another episode of the Mimosas with Moms podcast. I'm your host, Abby Williams. This week, I'm welcoming on Monica Berg. Monica is an international speaker, spiritual thought leader, author of Fear is Not an Option, and Rethink Love, and she is the host of the Spiritually Hungry podcast. Monica's mission is to show individuals how to create a life that not only feels like it's working, but most importantly, a life in which they are aligning and loving as the powerful, fulfilled person they've always wanted to be. This week, Monica joins me to discuss why tapping into our inner self is so important. We talk about how when we take care of our own needs, we show up better for others. You can go find Monica over on Instagram and Facebook at MonicaBerg74. She's also over on her website, RethinkLife.today. Be sure to tune in to Monica's podcast, Spiritually Hungry, wherever you're listening to this podcast. And I hope that you enjoy today's episode. If you do, please be sure to leave a five-star rating and review. Your support here on the podcast always means the world to me, and I so appreciate you being here. So let's get started. Cheers. Monica, welcome to the Mimosas with Moms podcast. I am so excited that you're joining us here today because I think so many of us need to take better care of ourselves, but have no idea what that means or how to do it. So today we're going to talk about it. But first, tell me listeners a little bit about yourself. I'm curious why you call it mimosas. I wasn't sure if we were having drinks together or cocktails or something. <laughs> why I call it mimosas with Is moms. It a happy hour for moms. Oh my gosh, I wish, right? I don't know. You know, I think like it really evolved. I started the podcast with a friend and it was probably more like cocktaily back then. Um, and then it kind of evolved into more just like mom community. And I just like think of it as like your brunch, like hanging out community with moms, right? Yeah, I like it. Yeah. 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 All right. What was your question? I totally distracted myself. <laughs> no, you're totally fine. <laughs> I said, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, I guess that's why I forgot the question because I can't just say a little bit. Um, I have my hands in a lot of cookie jars yeah. at the same time, um, always. 
but I say that you can do many things at the same time, but they can't all get the same attention. So mm-hmm. I guess if I were to describe myself, um, I'm a self-proclaimed change junkie. I did not come in the world that way. I'm very type A, you know, planner, pencils, erasers. Um, I'd like a schedule, but I've learned to be equal parts flexible. And I think that is the secret ingredient that you have to be willing to at any moment say, okay, that didn't happen and that's not going to work. So what other options are there? And I really have um, dedicated my life to really embracing that belief system and helping other people to just be a little kinder with themselves, a little less hard and to um, approach life from a growth mindset, meaning there are no mistakes. Everything will lead you to the next thing if you have that perspective. And I guess that's why the question is big for me because I then do that in many, many different ways in different areas. <laughs> yeah. Well, I also think the that mindset, though, is perfect for parenthood, right? Because all you have to be in parenthood is flexible. <laughs> Everything is thing. always changing. What really excites me about talking about parenting, I think yeah. that my um, my husband and I have the same philosophy. And yeah. when it comes to many things, but talking about parenting, we don't believe that our children are ours in the sense of that ownership word. We yeah. really believe that we are in their lives to help them, um, to help navigate them, but according to what their soul's desire is. So that means that you really have to practice Again, non-attachment, removing yourself from the equation, although you also created this child, brought them into the world, and of course you feel a sense of ownership. So it's that, again, um, push-pull kind of uh, contradiction, but that's the challenge here. So with our kids, we really try to see them for who they are and who they have the potential to be yeah. in line with what they want, right, and, and really yeah. support them that way. And I think that um, – you know, the relationship, and people don't think about this when they think about relationships, but the one that's going to require the most amount of flexibility and the most amount of change throughout your life is a parent-child relationship. And it goes both ways. It's the one relationship that constantly changes without us even intending it, right? And all relationships change, but they're kind of more subtle. They go a little less noticed. But with parents, you know, parents obligation and responsibility. I mean, the survival of a child is dependent on if a parent will take care of them when they come into the world, right? And that dynamic is there for many years. And then at some point, the child needs to learn a little more independence, they need to learn to stand on their own, they need to learn to discover who they are a bit, um, learn to hear their own inner dialogue and, and, and cultivate belief systems. And then around 12 or 13, they also need to start to not just think about what is my parent going to give me, but what then can I offer, right? Yeah. And you need to then, as a parent, also say, okay, my role is different. My my inclination is to care for this child in the way that I always have. Their survival is on me to, no, 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 I need to be able to step back a little bit and allow this child to blossom and flourish and express themselves. So it requires a real change and flexibility on both the child and the parent. And then, of course, we know as then the child gets older, the parent sometimes, you know, in the elderly ages, they become more childlike, right, where they Mm -hmm. need more care. So it's a relationship that goes backwards and topsy-turvy and upside down, and it requires us to really be able to be all in while allowing space for the other to evolve into what they're supposed to. It is the wildest journey we could ever embark on, I think. 
<laughs> that's yeah, motherhood that's- journey, you know, but that's also why it's so important that we take care of ourselves to, I guess, be on this long haul, right? And not burn ourselves out. So let's talk about what this self-parenting means. What does self-parenting mean? Well, it's all the things that we try to do for our children, right? Yeah. Not overcommit them, not overbook them, not force them to make decisions when they're not ready to until they have some clarity about being able to say, I'm tired and it's time for bed. All yeah. those things that we, you know, we look for the cues in our children and are they okay and how are they feeling? And we don't do that for ourselves. We're like, push, push, go, do. So the self-parenting is really to be able to say, okay, if this were my child, what, what would what would that voice sound like? What would that care sound like? Because I think that as we get older, the um, the voice that we would speak to the ones we love the most, to our children or to our younger self is not the voice we speak to ourselves in as an adult. And we really lack that, that self-parenting because it's not just self-care, it's really self-interest. You know, yeah. I really want this, this person to thrive and to um, optimize their health and their time. And so how do you do that, right? It's really about taking a step back. And if this was not my life, but it was my child's, what choices would I be making for them? Yeah. So how do we get back in touch with, I guess, who we are? Because I think so many of us go through this loss of identity, right? We Maybe you become an adult, you go off to college, you have all these interests, you're pursuing a career that you're really passionate about, and then you become a mother and you change. You know, maybe that career that you were passionate about doesn't feed your soul anymore. Maybe you're struggling with how to balance work and life, you know, and that's breaking you inside your interests are changing, you know, and I think like so many of us kind of go through this as we enter into motherhood. How do we find that piece again of ourselves? How do we find this new piece, I guess? So here's the thing. And I do hear a lot of times mothers um, have this issue, you know, I'm a wife and then no, now I'm a mom. And now my husband doesn't see me as a wife. He sees me like there's all kinds of, it gets complicated, but here's the secret. If you're able to every step of your, every stage of your life, right? Even when you enter a relationship or when you get married or when you're pregnant or you have your first child or however, you know, you have a child, I think that you have to be emotionally intelligent. You have to be able to know yourself enough Mm -hmm. to know when you're telling yourself stories or when you're acting in a role that somebody else is imposing on you or when you're doing things because it's robotic and you're on autopilot. You have to be able to give yourself honest feedback each and every day. And often people don't do that. And it's not just moms, but we, we tend to lie to ourselves. You know, we don't go back and say, okay, if I'm honest, this isn't really how I wanted to live my life. I'm okay that right now for the next five months, I have a newborn, that things are going to be put on hold. But then five months after that, what do I want my my life to look like? We have to keep checking in with ourselves and make sure that we are authentically showing up for ourselves. And it really starts by being honest with ourselves and giving ourselves that feedback. And it sounds scary to people, especially if they haven't done that. I mean, I think to live your life in that way requires a lot of effort and it has to usually start for me. It started at 17. Mm -hmm. Um, I had an eating disorder and it it forced me to either die or (laughs) learn to love yourself. So there wasn't really a lot of gray there and it forced me to really take my voice seriously, to hear my desires, to start to respect myself um, 
and care enough about what I really wanted to say, okay, I'm going to do something about these desires. And that's scary, right? Because there's a lot of power in that. So the thing is, when you decide to start being honest with yourself, you don't actually have to act on it right away. I just want you to grab the thought and say, okay, where am I at? And then you can give yourself time, you know, in in three months, I'm going to make this first step or in six months, this and that, so that you never find yourself like, how did I get here? And who am I now? And, you know, this is not the life I thought I'd live. And usually it's when the kids now are grown and out of the house that people have that conversation. And then there's a lot of regret and pain. Right, right. And I don't think, you know, I don't think any of us want to get there, right? Where the kids leave the house and we're looking at our partner, we're looking at ourselves, like, what the heck? Who are you? Who am I? (laughs) You know, we just like threw ourselves into the children and we lost ourselves, you know? And the reality is, you know, as you can see it very clearly in the children because their growth is obvious, physically, mentally, emotionally, we are also always changing. We're either growing forward or backwards. So it's so important to check in with yourself and make sure you're okay with it without any guilt or shame. You know, sometimes people, they have a kid and they thought they would enjoy it more. And now they feel bad that they're not enjoying what they thought they'd enjoy. It doesn't have to be that complicated, right? It's okay to, you must be honest with yourself so that you can fully embrace and fully live each and every day and edit where you need to. Yeah. So Monica, I too identify as like a type A, maybe perfectionist, maybe like I want to control a lot of things. Are you a Virgo or a Scorpio? Which one is it? I'm a Taurus actually. Yeah. And um, how do other mamas that are like this, how do we tap into some of that flexibility, welcoming change um, leaning into what you were talking about of, okay, that didn't really go as planned. Like, how are we going to shift and do the next thing? Right. Because I think like I struggle with that. I know other mamas have to struggle with this. What is, where's the exit door out of here? (laughs) Well, I love the question because it doesn't have to be as complicated as one might think, or as we make it. So I've written a few books. One is called Fear is Not an Option. Yeah. And I chose that title because when fear is no longer an option, you're going to start to look for a viable option. If it's not no longer an option, what is an option, right? Yeah. So if you decide, let's say in a day, you plant X, Y, and Z, and it's not going as you planned. And, you know, especially with moms, let's say you have a very full schedule and then you took you know, an hour or two for yourself to work on this project that was really important to you. And those two hours got stolen and it didn't work out. And then you start to make a whole, and you spiral down and you make a whole movie out of it. And oh my God, I'm never going to get my life back or my time back. So it's to say like in those moments, this is wherever I was and whatever I needed to do is exactly what I needed to do. And I can try to take those two hours tomorrow. It's about saying, okay, that didn't happen. Whatever it is that I was invested in didn't work out. So you can decide to either let it derail you and ruin your day and make it really big. Or you can say, okay, this is no longer an option. Is there something else I can even do later today? Maybe my husband can, or whatever the situation, can I steal even 30 minutes so I don't feel like I wasted that? I think when we get stuck in, it should have been this way and it didn't work out the way that I wanted it to, we have a hard time moving past the emotion and past the feeling. And then we really get stuck. And it's really an illusion and it's really a trick, but unfortunately, many of us take it seriously. Yeah. No, I totally get wrapped up in my uh, stories in my head and 
You know, and I think that that kind of like goes along. I think a lot of us have like resentments in our relationships where we're not communicating appropriately, you know, of and you like build like this whole story of how I don't get to get out the door, but you get to get out the door and my whole day was ruined, but like yours wasn't. You know what I mean? I think we have so many of these moments. But But if we take that example. Yeah. So what is it? What is a different option? What does that look like? So. Um, you could act if this is a theme, right? You can mm-hmm. pick a proactive time. Say right. your husband, I want to sit down and talk to you. Um, let's plan this, not reactively, maybe two days from now, whatever. And say, I found myself in this routine that's not making me happy, and I know it's not about you, and I don't want to build up resentment. But how can we kind of come to something where I feel like I'm starting to make different actionable steps to manifest other things that are also important to me in my life? You know, where is it that maybe? You can give a little, I can let go a little, and it's it's having those conversations. But the other way that you described, it's never, ever going to work. Right, right. And it's really important to be communicating like exactly how you feel and exactly what needs worked on, right? Like don't leave room for your significant other to be reading between the lines because they don't do that very well. <laughs> exactly. So let's go back to this uh, self-parenting. Because I, I know you said this is more than self-care. Yes. But we need to take care of ourselves to pour into these tiny people that we've brought in, into this world. How does this look then? How should we be, I guess, like structuring this or making sure that we are not only parenting these little people, but we are parenting ourselves? How do we hold ourselves accountable and make this a thing? Well, I'll tell you the the biggest reminder is that these kids are looking to you. They're looking at you. They're watching everything you do. And if you don't make yourself a priority, you're teaching them actually as they get older not to make themselves a priority. So it's just you have to say, okay, if I choose this and then I don't show up as my best version because I'm frustrated, that's teaching them the wrong thing. And if I neglect all my other needs and it's all about them, that's also teaching them that. I remember when my – I have four kids and when my – second, one of my daughters, um, she asked me, she's like, you know, can you please take us to school in the morning? And I said, um, no, because it's time that mommy exercises and it's really important to me, but I'll be home. I'll pick you up from school and I'll be home after school with you. And it's Mm -hmm. time that I need. And, And at the time I was like, okay, is this right? She's expressing a need that she has for me. But I also knew that if I gave that up for myself, then it wouldn't be, I wouldn't be able to show up for her in the way that she needed or any of my kids. Right. And And it's just about really saying, okay, big picture, what is it that I'm teaching them? Yeah. Let's like uh, go further into that because I also think that we get hung up on time, right? I think that like so so many times moms struggle with self-care or meeting their needs because we're all out of time, right? I've got all these kids. I got to meet all their needs. I've got a house. I've got a job. I've got a husband. And I just don't have time to self-care, take care of myself, put on my own oxygen mask. How do we find that time and make sure that that time is happening? Well, first you have to realize that everything you just said is a lie. Right, right, right. You know, it's it's not even – I mean, who assigned us to be the saviors of everybody in our household? And everybody needs to be thriving. (laughs) What's that? Society. (laughs) But everybody in the house needs to be thriving for it to be successful. And if you, you know, if you you have to, I think for 
moms, and no matter who you are, what you do in life, you have to look at how you're going to feel about your life at the end of your life. You know, there's this great book called The Top Five Regrets of the Dying yeah. by Bronnie Brown. Are you familiar with it? Mm-hmm. And she um, worked in a hospice and she found that everybody that she helped transition to the next life or whatever you believe had the same top five regrets. And um, and the last one was, I wish I would have let myself be happier. So if you find yourself day in and day out not happy, living somebody else's life or their expectation of you, really, what is it all about? Because when your kids are all grown up, and we know this because we're all grown now and we were children at some point, we know that we can see like, okay, you know, my parent or my parents feels like they wasted their life and they're not, they, you know, they left feeling like they, like my father just died a year ago and he left mm-hmm. feeling like he hadn't done what he meant to do. And you can, they're going to see all the things, all the choices we make. So yeah. you have to live your life for you first and foremost. You have to, even if your number one priority is raising your children, let's say, and, and you've decided that that's what you want to do. Great. But you still need to have a life outside of that. Yeah. And I think that like, what a true gift to give your children a happy mother, a happy parent. You know what I mean? And like when you're not pouring into yourself, you're burnt out, you're not happy, you know, they feel that. They see that. And it affects your your romantic relationship too and they definitely right. feel that. So right. it, it's just there's no, there's no winning like that. Right. Let's talk about when faced with challenges – what does self-parenting mean when we're faced with a challenge? How can we show up for ourselves when we're being challenged or pushed out of our comfort zone or just having a hard time? Well, I think that in life, um, everything's a choice, right? I mean, you right. can have a hard time about the smallest things or there can be real life things that are challenging and difficult. I think that a lot of us experienced that in the last couple of years with the pandemic. Yeah. Um yeah. I think that, again, first, it's about allowing yourself to feel what you feel. Yeah. And, you know, we have many different emotions for a reason. And I think it's important to recognize them and say, okay, I'm, I'm not happy in this moment or I feel challenged and, you know, and feel it, right? And then, but, but don't let it stay too long, right? You don't want any emotion, especially the negative ones, to camp out there for too long. So then the next step would be, okay, what is it that I can do? to make this challenge better. And I think, I think the formula really is finding gratitude and appreciation because no matter how difficult things are, there's always somewhere you can find where you're super grateful, super appreciative. And, you know, if we look at countries that have wars going on and we see what Mm -hmm. life looks like there, it's like, again, you can take everything away at the end of the day. It's having people around you that you love and that love you back. That is the only thing that's important in life, of course, safety and food and shelter and all of that. But it's the one thing we can't, you know, that we really can't be without. So I think it's about putting things into perspective. Yeah. Monica, what about when we feel inside that something is like off? How do we get more in touch with those places? I'm a strong um, advocate for writing a journal, keeping a journal. I think often, again, if you haven't practiced really listening to your desires or your thoughts and your voice has become so low that you can't even recognize it anymore, your true voice, your true calling, 
I think that it, it, if you write something down and you just have a stream of thoughts that come out either in the morning or at night before you sleep or both, mm-hmm. and then you read them back, it kind of pokes holes of like, oh, I felt like that, but that wasn't really real. What is really real here, right? It gets you more in touch with what you're feeling and thinking when you can't access it right away. And then when you practice that and you start to honor it and you start to listen to it, it becomes more automatic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Monica, can you give us more tips on um, being more loving and less judgmental to ourselves? Because I think as moms, so many of us get this like inner critic, right? We have the mom guilt and the massive to-do list. I think society plays a huge part in this, especially the motherhood load, the expectations of the mother. How can we kind of shelve those and show ourselves more compassion and more self-love? Well, in um, my other book, Rethink Love, I have a chapter on shame, blame, and guilt. Yeah. And those are emotions I felt very much uh, when I was younger. Uh, I come from a Middle Eastern family, and those are, you know, very strong emotions that are felt often. And I just, again, I said I had an eating disorder before, so those could no longer exist in me if I was going to be live a happy, fulfilled life. So I actually haven't felt those emotions in 20 years. I mean, I really never feel that. So there is a way to get past that. Um, And I, you know, there's a part in my book, I talk about the shame of wanting and that people, especially children, you know, we, we come into the world saying, I want this, I want that. We have no shame in saying what we want. And then at some stage, society, culture, we get feedback even from our families that it's, that you shouldn't want certain things that um, to want, you know, especially for girls, there's something wrong with saying what you want. And I remember the first time I ever felt shame as a little girl, I was eight or nine and we were staying at friends' houses, their house in uh, New York city. And it was like my mom's best friend, but we called her my aunt. They were that close. And her husband, um, we were watching TV all together at night and her husband had cut some fruit. And he brought it into the room and he's like, does anybody want? So I said, oh, I would. And everybody like gasped. I started blushing. My mom was so embarrassed that I said yes, that it was impolite. And I remember thinking as a kid, I didn't do anything wrong. He offered. Right. And by the way, if he was cutting fruit for himself, wouldn't it have been the thoughtful, kind thing to do to cut for everybody and bring, right? Right. So, yeah. Um, so I think that if kids learn this, and I, and I saw this with one of my daughters also, she had left me a voicemail. Um, she had seen me pulling out of the house and she was pulling in and I didn't see her. I was on a call and I went straight into an appointment. And then when I got to the appointment, I had two voicemails waiting for me. And one was my daughter crying hysterically. Like I saw you, you didn't see me. I wanted you. I want to tell you about my day. She had no shame in saying what she wanted. Yeah. And then an hour later, right. I didn't get, I got the two right after she's like, hi mommy. I can't wait till you come home. She had moved past that emotion very quickly because she didn't have any shame in expressing what she wanted. So I think that we have to understand that, that you should not have any shame in desiring what you want and saying what you want. And when you're able to express that and eventually honor it, we don't get stuck in these places of this is what they want me to do. So society expects me, this is what's right. This is what's womanly. This is what's, you know, the polite thing to do. We just start to operate from a space of, I am a being, I have these desires. And of course you can say, you you can edit yourself. Is this desire I have from a place that's sharing, from a place that's kind, from a place that is expansive or is it selfish and rooted in my ego or whatever. And, And from that place, you can decide where you want to place your energy and your desires. 
but yeah. to desire and to express what you want is your is your right. And I think that you just have to take the power back, but you have to get clear with it. You have to decide that you're not going to have shame and you're not going to have guilt about things because there's no learning when you have that. That means, you know, guilt is um, I did something wrong and I feel badly about it. Yeah. Shame is I did something wrong and I am bad. And I just think that mistakes are awesome and it's the only way you go from A to B and eventually to Z. So it's a process you very much need, but lose all that heaviness. It doesn't serve you. Yeah. So Monica, have you like, because you said that you've been on this journey for the past 20 years where you don't have those guilt and shame cycles anymore. So you have like come into your motherhood journey. Not 25 years I've been on that. Yeah. Yeah. So you've like come into motherhood, not carrying those bags with you. Yeah, and my kids don't know those emotions. They never feel any of those. None of them. Monica, I just want to be you. No, but it's work. <laughs> and by the way, when you live that, right, that goes yeah. back to self-parenting. Right. When you choose that and you live that, then you can instill that in your children. And it's not me telling them. They just don't know what that feels like because they've never seen it. My husband and I don't have that. And anytime they felt badly about something they've done, we have this conversation, right, with the importance of mistakes, the importance of failing. And those feelings – of shame and guilt and blame are, are roadblocks. They make you feel stuck in cement of, oh my God, I did this horrible thing and I can't forgive myself and nobody can forgive me. So where are you going, right? And I, I just think that all the things that we want our children to be, all the things we want them to thrive and not have the issues we had growing up, yeah, great. But how do you do that? You have to live it yourself. Good grief. Isn't that powerful? You just start, you know, but it's just it's like, not, but it's so yeah. important, you know, and it I mean? is. because I think so many of us are trying to do it better than was done unto us or, you know, you want your children to be a better version, but you're so right. You have you to gotta do all it. those things. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Wow. That is like, it's powerful. It's important. And, and I think that, you know, we also know what shame does to a person. You know, if you think back to your own childhood or, you, you know, we all have a story about similar to the fruit, right, where you felt shame, where you did something and somebody had that reaction and you carried that with you and you still have that story living inside of you, right? We we don't want that for our children, now, when I, I looked back, because I was like, when did the eating disorder start? And it certainly wasn't about that moment. It was many different things that yeah. that triggered that component because it's a genetic thing. But but in that time, I was saying, I'm hungry and I would like that. And it's like, no, you can't. So it was connected to food even then, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and again, not about blame. I'm like, okay, I have an awareness now. And it's up to me to make sure that I can feed myself and that I can have self-care and that... Yeah. You know, I make sure that I, I instill, there's no, there's no, you know, there's no wrongness in yeah. desire and wanting and being and wanting to be seen or heard, but you have to do it for yourself first. Yeah. If you don't take yourself seriously enough and you don't think that your opinions matter and you don't think you have the right to want, then why will anybody else listen? Yeah. What a lighter load that we could all like lead if we dropped some of those bags that are so heavy. The mom guilt, the shame, the judgment. You know what I mean? Those bags are heavy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Monica, thank you so much for having this conversation <laughs> with me because I needed to hear these things. I'm sure other mamas are listening right now like, okay, okay, I will drop them. <laughs> I'm like on a self-love journey now. Um, but tell my listeners where they can find you. So I have actually written a lot about the things we talked about yeah. tonight um, on my blog, RethinkLife.today, yeah. my books, Fears on an Option, and Rethink Love. And my husband and I have a podcast called Spiritually Hungry, where we talk about so many different topics. And my youngest daughter and I have written a series of children's books, and the first will be coming out in fall. Yeah. So check that out, too. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, you'll have to... I'll send come back the, on for that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah send I me the links for those, especially, and I'll promote them over on my platform. Amazing. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the links for all of that will be in the description of this podcast. Monica, thank you again for joining me and cheers to self parenting. <laughs> thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Thanks. <laughs>